Hello, Horror Fanatics. I'm Frank. And I'm Jen. And we welcome you to our weekly podcast. Oh! The The Horror! horror. Thank you for joining us as we dive deep into all things horror, supernatural, scary, and downright creepy. If you like what you hear, rate, review, and subscribe to add us to your regular rotation of podcasts or follow. Or follow. You can also submit any ideas, comments, and suggestions to uh, our email address at oth at seriouslydecent.com, which people use. Do they? Yeah. Okay, cool. Cool, cool, cool. We've been... uh, we got a future episode request. Cool. And it's actually popular popular demand. Other people have mentioned it. So okay. we're gonna do some some shocking and some shifting around. But we aren't touching July, folks. No, no, we're not. I mean, I know October I know. is like our month. It's like our Super Bowl month. Yeah. But, but yeah, we created I'm really a, excited about we created July. a nice July habit. I think if it, if, I think it so. if it pans well and it's received well. Can we call it Halloween in July? You know how they do Christmas in July? Hey, it's our we show. We can do whatever we want. It's our show. We can Okay, do so it's Halloween in July. Halloween in July. Yeah. And we're going to let it we're going to give everybody the deets after this episode. That'll be the exciting part of it. Mm-hmm. So, I hope the suspense is terrible. I hope it'll last. I hope it'll last. Travis Walton yeah. We're going back to aliens. We are. Yeah. Love me a good alien story. Episode 80. Yes. I think this story right here is number one for me. Definitely. Yeah. What I like about this one is there were witnesses. Yeah. And they went to the police. Mm-hmm. And the police investigated. Yeah. And at one point, they were pretty sure the witnesses had killed him. And we're yeah. like hiding his body. Yeah, we'll get to that. That's a an amazing. We'll get to that because there's there's quite a bit to unpack with this one. Be, unpack with this one because it does have yeah a lot of uh, working parts to it. There was a lot of people involved, moving pieces. And before this, so people can kind of get like a timeline or time frame. Before this, it was Betty, Betty and Barney Hill. and Barney Hill, which were like the thing. Yeah. And that was really anybody, like, if you talked about aliens, you were talking about Betty and Barney Hill. Mm-hmm. And then this happened. Right. And this was, like, the next one. That definitely must have been strange. I think a relief for Betty and Barney Hill. Right. Because finally, yeah. like, Be the like, attention was off Seriously, guys, of see? We're not the yeah. only ones. But she actually gave him some good advice through this whole thing. Well, she did with Pascagoula, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she gave good advice to them. I think for me, those are the top three. Okay. Along with many others, you know, but I think. So for me. Yeah. It was Travis Walton. That's your one. Or you're not no. rating. You're just going to go three. Yeah. My three, Travis Walton, Whitley Strieber, mm-hmm. and Barney and Betty Hill. Mm-hmm. But if I were to rate them. It would have been be in the order that I heard about them. Mm-hmm. So it would have been Whitley Strieber first, mm-hmm. then Travis Walton, mm-hmm. then Barney and Betty Hill. Yeah, Travis Walton for me is the first. The first time I heard about it, I actually read his book um, or the book. Mm-hmm. I think, yeah, it's his book. I kind of went off of this like with that knowledge of before, like, with the book, because I, I read that, uh, 
I'm trying to remember when I read that. That was a long time ago. Well, this occurred in 1975. It sure did, our birth year. Yeah. And um, he was uh, 22 years old. Which he Could you imagine? Just on your way home from work. Yeah. You got and the they world, were loggers. You got the world by so the ass. That's like hard work. You're just like tired. You just want to eat. Yeah. Go home. No, I mean, you just got the world by the ass when yeah. you're 22. Like, yeah. you know, nothing can stop you. No. Nothing can. It was public. Uh, it was public. Uh, publication date is 1997. Okay. And that scans because I read that when I was working on the canal. I remember it came out and there was another person on the shore gang that was reading that. Mm-hmm. And uh, he was like, dude. You, you got to read this book. You got to read this book, man. It's mm-hmm. insane. And I was just like, yeah, all right. And uh, once he was done reading it, he let me uh, he let me add it. Now, the movie was 1993, so the book was Correct. post. Yep. And a lot of that was apparently, like all movies, due to their creative input, made changes. Yes. In this movie, I mean, even Travis Walton will say it stuck to the se- sequence of events quite a bit, but mm-hmm. there were some key things in there that, like, they changed. And he said when he received the the copy right. that was going to go towards, like, the screenplay that mm-hmm. was going to go to Like his screening the movie. copy. Yeah, yeah, like, he he said it looked great. Right. And then they made changes after he approved Post. it. yep. And that's just slimy shit. I, I yeah. can't say. Well, you know, you know Hollywood's got to tell their story. Yeah, but it's even just simple details, and we'll get into it in here. You know, when we get to that part, I'll, I'll Why don't I'll bring you it drive? Up, you want me to drive? Sure. Okay. I can do that. My uh, sources are the book that I read a long time ago. I did not read the book. It went from uh, memory. Okay. Uh I checked the wiki out first. He has his own website too, Travis-Walton.com. Okay. And uh, there, that was a pretty good, pretty good source of okay. things. And basically, that's about it. I watched some videos today at work. Okay. Watched a bunch. Uh, I have one source, Phoenix New Times. And where's Walton is Arizona's best known UFO abductee. And essentially it's, you know, found for Hollywood mm-hmm. stardom and surrounding uh, yeah. his movie, his stories. Now, all right. So this is an incident. I mean, if you haven't heard about this, welcome aboard because it's actually, it is one of the greats. It is. Of, uh, of a UFO incident. If you listen to us previously and you like Pascagoula, this is going to be in the same vein of that. Yeah. So we're we're happy to talk about it. Uh, Travis Walton, the incident was um, an abduction of an American forestry worker, Travis Walton, by a UFO on November 5th, 1975. He was working in some uh, national forests. It's a, Sick Greaves. Apache Sick Greaves National uh, Forest near uh, Snowflake, Arizona. Walton was uh, missing for five days and six hours. After days of searching with scent dogs, helicopters, Walton said he reappeared by the side of the road yep. near Heber, Arizona. Yep. The Walton case received a mainstream publicity and remains one of the best-known alien abduction stories while scientific 
skeptics consider it a host. He wrote a book yep. in 1978 is actually when he, he wrote the purported uh, abduction titled The Walton Experience. That was the book I read. Okay. And that was adapted to 1993 film Fire in the Sky. And then they had the Fire in the Sky book, which was right. yep. later on with that. So according to Walton and a number of other members from the logging crew, which there were seven. Okay. My source said six other crews, seven yeah. counting him. Seven counting him. Yep. Now, again, this is where the movie screws up because they had less than that. Right. Again, no reason to do that. Yeah. And, and I mean, more would have been ridiculous because you'd have some cause for argument with that. But why would you have less? Because it actually destroys the integrity of the event Correct. by saying there was less people yes. there. So they were riding in a truck. They were done with work and they were just, uh, you know, cutting down trees. Yep. And riding home from hard work, just kind of kind of charged up after a hard day of, of logging. They allegedly encountered a, basically they saw a light off to the side. Correct. And where they were driving, it was mostly trees that they haven't cut down yet. Right, yep. And there was like this little clearing and they saw a light. The light is what attracted them first. Yes. And they saw this light. So they all get out of the truck and they're like, what's this about? And at first they were pretty indifferent about it. Yeah, they're um, just like. What's the deal with the yeah, light? Yeah, it could be like, a, a you know, a, a just the way the clearing was right, or yeah. some things, you know. So they were indifferent about it until they approached further. The light was very, very just brilliant. Mm -hmm. The witnesses have different opinions on the light. Okay. Of like color and how it was, you know, was it soft? Was it this? Was it that? Right. But they all have the same thing. There was light there. Right, you yeah. Know, and light that was... Not necessarily natural. It was different. Right. And the source I had said it was an eerie yellow light. Yep. Some but say I've heard blue. Blue was one. Yep. Correct. Yep. Basically, they encountered a saucer shaped object mm -hmm. uh, hovering over the ground approximately 110 feet away. So it's not far from the road. No. He said by the time they got out of the truck and they were on, it was about 90 feet mm -hmm. away from them, uh, making this uh, high pitched buzz sound. Yep. And they all were copacetic on that. Walton claims that after he left the truck and approached the object, he was the only one that approached yeah, the object. Yeah, he wanted to get a closer he look. And to this day, he'll sit there on interviews. I've listened to a lot of them where he's just like, yeah, I don't know what I was doing. <laughs> right. And like listening to him in interviews, he's very, uh, very kind of just like short, soft-spoken. Right. Um, uh, not really a story embellisher. Right. Very to the point. He's very like country backwoods lumberjack guy. You know, right, I mean, yeah. just like he's he's a, an interviewer's nightmare because he gives yeah. like the prince answers. Yeah. No. Yes. 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 I don't know. It happened like this. Yeah. You know, what 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 did the spaceship look like? Well, it looked like a saucer. You know, exactly. <laughs> <It's> just, <laughs> so exactly. so uh he leaves a truck and he approaches the, the object and a beam of light suddenly appears from the craft and hit him in hit the him. chest. Yep. And this again, verified by all the witnesses, knocked him unconscious. And the other six men were so frightened. They just drove away. Yeah. They all jumped in the truck and yep. they drove away. Now here's another movie conflict mm -hmm. in the movie. They get down to a point. I think the character or the person who did it, I've got other notes here because I think the gentleman's name was Mike. 
uh, and we'll call it Mike for, yeah, Mike and the entire crew stopped. Right, yes. And and in the movie, Mike said, we got to go back. Right. And the others were like, I'm not going back there. And he's like, mm-hmm. well, I'm going to leave you here because I'm going back and you right. can walk into town. And he left them there and only Mike came back in the movie. Okay. Now in real life. All th- of them were like, we got to go back. In real life, they stopped. Yep. And there was a discussion. Mike said, look, if you want to stay here. Yeah, but I got to go but back. But I got to go back. And they're all like, no, we got to go back and get them. Right. Now, I think it's worth mentioning here as we proceed f- further in the story. There was people in that logging crew in that truck that didn't like Travis. Right. And like there's a scene in the beginning of the movie where uh, somebody like tipped a log to almost hit him. Right. Yeah. That really happened, Travis said. Okay. So... You know, this is where the movie does have some truth in it. But right. but the saying of it, we're, we're going to put a foot, just a little pin in yeah. there and go back to it. There was people that didn't <laughs> put a pin in it. <laughs> and uh, there was people that didn't like him in right. that crew. And they were in that truck. So they all wanted to go back. Mm-hmm. So they go back and he's gone. Right. Absolutely gone. There's like no trace of him. There's no trace of him. There's no trace of the craft. No. Nothing, nothing. like that. And basically, they go to the police. Correct. Start talking to the police of what's going on. Now, the police, their first idea is that they killed him. Correct. So they are treating this as a murder investigation. Right. They're all like, no, dude, that's not what happened. Right. And they were going after specific people in the vehicle. One was kind of like the weaker of the bunch. Mm -hmm. And the police were gonna like squeeze him hard right to to get get some sort of a confession yep and he just didn't budge now the interesting part of it is that um they were all interviewed by separate deputies right the six of them yep uh they weren't interviewed by a same officer no six different deputies for six different people and they all for the most part told the The same same story. story Uh, little different things, again, like how the light was and right. things like But they all said it hit him by the chest. Yep. It was like a two-foot-wide beam of light yep. that came from this saucer-like object. They yep. explained the saucer-like object. Now it's starting to get a little weird. Yeah. Shit's getting real. Yeah, yeah. It's getting a little weird because now in the same time, what was interesting was there was other people that saw that. That saw the light? In the saucer? That saw, you know, something yeah. going on over there. Right, yeah. Not as much if it was a saucer. I didn't get into the details of they that. They probably saw the light, and they were like, what's happening over there? Yeah, and uh, and basically, from that point, we're going to take a pause from the police station, mm-hmm. and we're going to go back to what the fuck happened to Travis <laughs> Travis Walton. Yeah. So Travis's version of the story is this, is that when the light hit him, that's all he remembers. He got right. knocked unconscious. Right. He doesn't remember anything about how he boarded a ship. Right. But None that's of that. All he knows is when he came to, he was very groggy, mm-hmm. very disoriented. Mm-hmm. And he proceeds to see what are basically now known, because again, people have to understand when this story was being told, the whole uh, basically alien gray thing. Alien gray thing with large eyes, hairless, didn't speak. Um, no facial expressions or, you know, without facial expressions wasn't really as popular today as it was then. Correct. It was kind of a, a, a an idea and some people would talk about it, but. Fun fact. Yeah. The alien gray 
made its appearance on the cover of Whitley Strieber's book, Communion. Mm -hmm. And that book, just seeing that, those big, black, almond, almost dead eyes, because there's like, there's no, there's no emotion, no nothing behind them. It was very unnerving. So of course I had to, I had to buy the book and read it. Yeah, no, it's a great book. Uh, And, and the, this is where the skeptics come into play and say, well, you know, you have that in your mind already. Uh, so that's in your mind what these look like, you know, and, and so on and so forth. But the story with Travis is interesting as like with Pascagoula, right. Where these guys didn't really pay attention to Barney and Betty Hill. Like right, yeah. he heard like word about it. And this is where everybody's got to understand, like before the internet, like you heard word about shit. Right. And maybe there was a newspaper article on it and you just read like the headline and that was it. It's like, oh, I guess two people got abducted or something like right, that, you yeah. know, by aliens, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that was really kind of how information got tossed around. And right. so you didn't know what was pre- some preconceived true, biases what was made up. Well, just yeah. some preconceived biases of what an alien looks like. Right. Yeah. Uh, and how they act and how they maneuver around where where people today can afford to say that pretty easy and because there's a lot of stories with that that's right, backed yes. it up and it's in, in your head. Mm-hmm. But back then it wasn't not, not as much at all. So he starts coming to, he's groggy and there's these grays with the big eyes, right, yep. very expressionless. And basically they're maneuvering around and his first instinct, he got violent. And was okay. trying to push him away. He was resisting everything they were trying to do. This proceeds to get to a point where he picked up something, uh, and to this day he can't really Doesn't identify. It was, it was like a, it was like a clear rod type thing, and he was trying to fight fight them away with it. But he was groggy. He's just trying to, mm-hmm. but he wasn't complying at right. all, which is different from a lot of stories that you hear because a lot of stories they complied, and not only did they comply because they couldn't resist they couldn't uh you know so this is one of again the more interesting stories where it's it's different than that it doesn't Mm -hmm. really fall in the same vein so now the story really takes a weird turn because he's not complying right so now this humanoid person shows up and this is something that he talks about and says basically this person came with like a uh a helmet on like a clear helmet almost like a fishbowl type thing had long hair like a male, he was mm-hmm. definite that it was a male, and basically, same thing. Didn't communicate, didn't anything, but grabbed him by the arm and like guided him out of the room he was in. Mm-hmm. And uh, when he talks about it, he's he's definitely not leaning on the fact of he was in a ship or was he in a ship, right? Like at this point, he doesn't know where he is, right? But this person leads him out and and he's compliant with that because he wants to get out of there. Right, yeah. And to this day, he thinks that maybe they created that to make him feel comfortable. Kind of like, like contact where they give you what they think you can handle. Yeah, something like that. He said now that he looked back, he had no reason to be aggressive. He states that mm-hmm. on multiple interviews. This is the beauty of Travis is he doesn't change his story at, at all. all. You could listen to one interview, and I'll tell you right now, you've heard them all. 
Right. Yeah. It's the same story. It's the same sequence. It's the same descriptions. It's right. the same timeline. He's unwavering. Yeah. And this is 48 years later, yeah. 47 years later, basically. He's still telling the same story and with conviction. Right. It's yes. like Pascagoula where yeah. like you just look and it's like, yeah, you know what? It might not have been this that happened, but something happened to this person. Right, yes. And and so basically, he gets let out of the ship, and now this is when he realizes he was on the ship because they go down a ramp mm-hmm. off the ship. And uh, there's a person that did a uh, like a rendering, like a model, that apparently they learned uh, after he worked at Area 51, mm-hmm. this guy. And he made this model... The weird part is, as Travis said, out of every single ship drawing, uh, sketch, right. model, he said that one looked pretty dang close. And we'll post that on the Facebook group. Okay. Uh, it's uh, it's pretty interesting. I think you can still buy like the model. That's uh. Oh my god. Yeah, I was thinking we I'm should get it, it for the uh, office. Yeah, We're that... gonna have to start suspending stuff from. the Well, that's ceiling, where I thought I it'd be cool yeah. to having it suspended from the ceiling, but. So basically, he's uh, now getting pulled down the ramp, and he's heading into this other room, and it's a bigger room. Mm-hmm. And there is a woman with longer hair, like a woman humanoid, right. similar to the male humanoid that pulled him out of the with ship. With a fishbowl over her head. <laughs> that I can't remember. Okay. Uh, I can't remember that. And and basically, from there, they uh, the way he explains it is they put uh, some sort of shroud over his head. It was like a black thing, and then he faded away. Okay. So something happened there. They gave him the calming towel that they give the <laughs> dogs the and anxious lightning dogs storms. and cats <laughs> in the uh, vet's office. So, so at this point, Travis loses consciousness, right? And then he wakes up, coming out of. The consciousness. You know, the unconscious state. The fog, yeah. Coming out of the fog, and he's right where he was taken. Okay. In that area. And he's got the same clothes on. Right. His clothes aren't messed up at all. Right. He's got no bruises or any kind of things. He says, basically, the only thing that he could really find, he was dehydrated, Mm -hmm. which would make sense. Yeah. Five days. Yeah. It's a long time to go without water. Well, and the, here's the thing. He he couldn't have gone without water because, I mean, pretty much after two days, your body starts shutting down. Right. You know, so and you start getting. So they probably did hydrate so, him to some degree. Yeah. I mean, something had to happen. But he ran downtown. He found a, a phone booth and he called his family. Right. Uh, there was an operator on the phone because that's, you know, I'm assuming he didn't have any money. Right. Probably called an operator. This is where stories match up. Mm-hmm. Even more, because the operator listened to the phone call and reported to police. Right. And then the family shows up and they start trying to figure out what's going on. Right. And even what then, um, like he was hypnotized a few days later. Oh, he got regressed? You know, th- yeah, that's what they claim. But uh, it was a few days and, you know, people often ask, like, what happened to him in between that incident of, like, you know, finding him at the phone booth. Mm -hmm. And he said he was just losing his mind. He was having nervous breakdowns. 
huge be- bouts of anxiety. Right. So it was a hard for his family. Gee, I can't imagine why he'd be anxious. Well, yeah, and this is where some of this adds up. Like, you know, and the family's finding it hard to just communicate with him on a basic level. Right. And dude's been gone for five days. Five days. Yeah. I think that would be the big problem I'd have out of the whole entire thing. Because, I mean, here's the ship. It comes. Holy fuck. Right. Then you get hit in the chest with something. And you remember that, but then nothing else after that well, till you come out of your till you come base. out and you're in the ship. Yep. And then you realize that you're getting off the ship. So like, where am I? Right. I'm yeah. somewhere. Yeah. I'm not here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or am I here? Like, who knows? Yeah. Like, am I in a larger ship that you know? Right. You can go on and on for that, but then the mass thing comes over. And he, he knocks out. And then you find out that you've been gone five days. Right. And, like, that's just insane So I bet to him it would seem like bolt of light. Mm-hmm. I'm in a ship. I'm struggle. being taken from the ship after I struggle. Struggle, struggle. I get I walked get out. I get walked out. I get shrouded. Yeah. And then when I wake up and again. I, I wake up. I'm back where I started. I'm back where I started. I bet to him that was all like in one day. Yeah, just one day. Yeah, you yep. know, I mean, and that's then to the, find out later, no, dude, you've been gone for five days. Yeah, because I mean, like, it's, the police thought you were dead. It's weird when you're younger and you're prime, and like you sleep those like eighteen hour days or yeah. something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. know, like it's insane, and you wake up from that just all fucked up. Mm-hmm. I can't even imagine five freaking days yeah. of just you know, absolutely insane. So they do the hypnosis and. uh you know, he was hard to deal with prior to that. And then a lot of people also ask, like, you know, who bankrolled all these tests? It was actual, actually the National Enquirer okay. that uh, bankrolled it because they wanted the story. Right. And they were going to hang on to the story of that. Because the funny part is, believe it or not, nobody fucking wanted it. Nobody wanted the story. Well, and you have to That's where That's where you got to put National Enquirer on, like, a weird type of respect meter. Because they do go after these weird things. They do. And I'm not like saying when they're we great. were growing up in the 80s, yeah. you didn't talk about aliens, UFOs, no. alien abductions. You didn't really talk about anything. No, you didn't. <laughs> you buried that shit deep down and you just took it with you to your grave and you called it a day. Yeah. Yeah. And basically, the here goes back to the, the guys that are... Right. Basically getting hit up for murder and shit right, like yeah. that. You know, so this is the other, we're going to go back to the pin we put with the- Take the pin back out. The six other guys in the yes. vehicle. And they're getting tried. They get pulled in to the precinct. They get interviewed by separate deputies. Right. And basically they even took polygraphs. Right. Some of them still take polygraphs to this day. Right. And it's just unwavering change. They tell the same story, the same thing. The police really wanted so bad for it to be just a murder. And in a ways, I mean, you could kind of... It would be easier. Well, and the thing is, is it's also, it's just more realistic. Yeah. You mean to tell me... What's easier to believe? There's this thing in the sky. Yeah. You guys come back and this dude's gone. And there is talk of... This guy not getting along with Mm -hmm. one or two people. And there was an incident at the job because they would interview the boss that was at there and all that stuff. And, and the other members of the crew, you know, because it's not like they were the only crew. I can see how the cops would have gone down that. Yeah. 
And then they yeah, were passed. they thought they had their moment where there was this one guy who was like the weaker of all of them. Mm-hmm. And they were pressing on him just harder and harder and harder. And the dude wouldn't change his story. I mean, that that was his story. And so you've got this uh, this crazy sense of you got basically seven witnesses total. Right. Six of them tell the exact same. Basically, all seven of them tell the same exact story. Right. Driving down the road, see a weird light, stop the truck, walk out of the truck. Yep. Travis walks forward, gets hit in the chest, and then they take off. Yep. Come they back. They come back. Travis is gone. And he's gone. Boom, now, he's gone. Yeah, and then the weird part is, is five days later, he shows up wearing the same clothes, same clothes. Yes. and they're not damaged. There's nothing wrong with them. There was nothing wrong on his person other right. than just dehydration. Right, so it's not like he was lost and wandering around in the woods for five days. No, because exactly. Because that would have been reflected in not only his person, but his clothing, Oh, yeah, everything. Yeah. yeah. I mean, especially five days if you had nothing. You know, if I were one of those six guys... When he reappears, I'd be like, mic drop. <laughs> Fucking told you. <ya. laughs> Fucking told you. So now the interesting thing is his brother mm-hmm. wasn't really uh, shocked about this. Because apparently, like many other alien abduction stories, Travis has seen other events. Okay. And it's just common. It really is. It's common with a lot of these stories. Mm-hmm. Now, Travis will also come and say, like, even with the hypnosis, he agrees that hypnosis is tricky. Right. And you yes. can't count on it all the time. And he agrees about it all the time. He basically, uh, this is another thing I love about Travis is he doesn't mind the skeptics. Right. Others hate it, but like he doesn't, the problem he has with skeptics on every interview that I've listened to and, and mm-hmm. stuff that, you know, I've read is that he doesn't understand why someone would make up stuff to discredit the incident. Right. This just shows how much of a simple guy like he is. Right. Like he just yeah. looks at it simply like, all right, if you're a skeptic. Fine. Don't believe it. At least try to poke holes at what happened. Right. But don't, don't be make, making up yeah, new shit. Don't make up something to satisfy your right. uncomfortableness to. Your bullshit theory. To give credit on <laughs> yeah. something. Yeah. And basically. Every skeptic that's punched, try to punch holes in this thing, it's backed by supported facts. Right, yes. And I think people really need to take a step back for a second and think about it. If there was a murder trial. Yes. And this uh, this woman gets murdered mm-hmm. and they find out that this gentleman did it. Mm-hmm. And there's six witnesses that saw it. Mm-hmm. That's it. Right. That guy's getting put away for murder. Right. They don't even need to do polygraphs. They don't need to do anything. Right, yeah. That's all they need to do is just corroborate. They don't even need him to to admit that he did it. No, but what I'm getting at is, is yeah, they don't need a confession out of this person. No. They just, if they had six people that came and told the same exact story. He killed her <laughs> there. Yeah, but I'm just saying, like, you know, I <laughs> yeah. saw him get out of the car. Yep. And he shot her. Yep. All right. So you got another cop. With another witness in the room yeah. talking to a different cop, different guy. I saw her get out of the car. I saw him get out of the car, shoot, shoot her, her in the street. Yep. And that's six times. Right. That guy would be thrown in prison mm-hmm. and probably be put first degree murder on the death penalty and get electrocuted. If it was a, a death penalty state, 
yeah, you know, estate. But I'm just it. saying, otherwise, like, he's definitely six, getting a life. Six witnesses yep. that corroborate the same exact story. Yep. Now that's uh, that's the comparable thing that he does, and I I agree. It's like it would be enough to commit someone of murder without polygraphs. Right. Yet you have all these guys, again, questioned by separate uh, deputies. All telling the same story. Telling the same story. All passing lie detector tests. All passing polygraphs. Which all still passing yeah, polygraphs. Yeah, there's guys that are still taking all it. All still telling the same story. Yeah. Yeah. It's incredible. This- it has the most supportive evidence. So what happens is the skeptics will come through mm-hmm. and... You know, Travis talks about this all the time in interviews and, and things like that and speeches that he does with right. the MUFON events and stuff. And, and and basically, you know, the skeptics will all come up with, you know, this theory, that theory, this theory, that theory. And it just... At the, the end of the day, they're just theories. Because even the skeptics can't prove their theory. Well, no, but a lot of times, like, Travis can prove their theories wrong with right. evidence that's out there. Right, yeah. And, and he found this just absolutely incredible you know just time after time people come and he's like you know he even he even said something that you know like you think about it it's crazy um he was talking because he thinks that they don't have bad intent and i agree with this okay i i don't think they have bad intent uh because i think if they wanted to hurt us they could do that yeah like if they wanted to do world war z or anything like anything they could anything just pull a body mutilate it you know like he looks back now like he actually regretted being so aggressive right like he actually has that as a regret like that wasn't not a regret that he did but he was like it wasn't necessary right like i look back at it they weren't they weren't responding in kind you know they weren't but i get why he did act aggressively well yeah no i mean you're freaking out yeah Mm mm-hmm when you come to and you're like, I, I last I remember I was in the woods. <laughs> I'm not in the woods anymore. I don't know who you guys are. This is not cool. I can see yeah. how easily it could happen. No, and definitely. I, and I get that they weren't aggressors to him. Mm-hmm. But I still see how he would have his freak out moment. And he would feel it's that fight or flight. He would feel like he needs to fight for his life, yeah. even though. Based on what he's saying, his life wasn't. Yeah, no, I mean, he's just saying, like, his regret in not doing that is because he felt like he didn't have to. Right. You know, just looking back at it. But again, in the situation, people have different reactions for things. But he was saying that he would have so many people come up to him, and this is so true with people that are into aliens and alien abductions, is it's that heard a story from a guy from a guy stuff. Right. And he would start getting into that. Like somebody would say, well, you know, they do, you know, because they'll disagree with them that they're, for lack of a better term, a peaceful race, you know. Right. Yes. And they'll say, no, there's there's people that got hurt. And he's like, okay, give me the example. He's like, and then he'll point it. And he's like, no, that's another person's story. Point me to the person. Right. Yes. Point me to the, show me to the person that had that done to them. And they can't. Right. And and that happens a lot with, it's it's like Bigfoot. Like the people that are way into finding Bigfoot yes. are people who've never seen one. Yes. Yes. But they'll tell you, oh, I heard one mm-hmm. and I saw all the signs and all that. Yeah, but you haven't seen one. Yes. So they don't need to. Yeah. They so, believe. So, yeah. But I mean, it's like that's where I try to be objective on the show with stuff like this. Mm-hmm. 
Because it's like, I didn't get abducted. I haven't been abducted, to my knowledge. Right. You know, well, but, I mean, neither of us have been regressed, but we've you know, both but even that, seen like, something we couldn't identify in the sky. Yeah, but even the regression, you've got to be super careful about it because right. it you can... You can't have leading questions. Yeah, there's misleading questions and, mm-hmm. you know, and Travis is very open of the idea of corruption. Yes. He goes as far as to say is probably most of the alien abductions have never happened. Yeah. He comes right out and says it. And this is someone who... I believe more than anybody has had an alien abduction. Right. I mean, he's got all the supporting evidence in the world. And like even people that sit there and just say, well, they were all on drugs or they were on something. It's like, what about the other reports that saw something going on there? Like it's. Were they all on the same drug? Yeah. It's these layers of evidence. And that's where it's awesome. Like it happens in a small town type thing. Cause these are people that don't lie. These are people that just are simple people going through life that don't get caught up in. They take care of themselves. (laughs) They mind their own business. Yeah. Yeah. Unless they're the town gossip, then Mm -hmm. they're in everybody's business. Yeah, Yeah. But, but he's very open to the idea of corruption and hypnosis. And also just misleading directions of dreams. Yes. I have a real hard time when people just, you know, oh, I dreamed this. And, you know, I think it happened because it was in a dream. It's like you can fucking dream about anything. As someone who has had very vivid and lucid dreams that seem as though they are real. Yeah. I know without a doubt they did not actually Happen, yeah, but there's people there dreams. that buy into yeah. that. Oh, I know. And they buy into it with every fiber of their soul. And it's like, you have no idea the environment around you, how much it impacts you. Right. Just even watching a movie mm-hmm. and going to bed with that still stuck in your head. Right. Like when you go to bed, your head's still cycling through that and, mm-hmm. and going, you know, because that's the whole part of sleep is to basically kind of declutter. Like I right. remember... I took one psychology class before I left uh, college mm-hmm. and this guy, his name was Dr. Wasserman. And he was like the, the dream psychology teacher. Like he was this short had this straggly hair, like all over ah. the place. Nut job, but right. like yeah. way into the field, like right. just way, way into, into his nut his yeah. jobbery. Yeah. And honestly, I could have took every class that guy offered, you know, and just nothing else. I right. would have paid cash half full, half, Happily, Happily, you know, yep. to, but he was talking. Dude, you do an abnormal psych? Yeah, but he got into dreams and night terrors. It's all that kind of intro psych yes. stuff, you know, dreams, yep. night terrors, all that type of stuff. And he was breaking it down into certain areas of, you know, how it could be pathologically an issue with night terrors mm-hmm. and how it could be a, uh, an environmental thing that could come through it. And yep. he was talking about the different levels of it, but basically... Like at that time with computers, you would defrag your hard drive if it got too cluttered. Oh my God, yeah. Yeah, this is dating yes. a portion of the oh audience my God. that's waxing poetic about oh. their computer, your computer. So basically, to nerd out and tech out for a moment, <laughs> this is when computers weren't solid state hard drives like they are now. They were regular platters with X, it was like a record player. Mm-hmm. And that wasn't like that changed maybe 10 years ago. Right. But before then, it was, you'd had all this crazy technology, but literally a record player was the only moving part in a computer mm-hmm. was a hard drive, which we always laugh because it's like, that's the most important part. It holds all your shit. Right. Yeah. And that's the moving part. Yeah. So, so basically what would happen is it would, you know, write data here, write data there. 
and then you'd erase data, and then you put more data over this place and erase data. So you'd have like this big picture of the little squares, yeah. And the empty squares would be scattered all over the place. And the problem with the drive is, is that little needle and the platter would spin and it'd go here, here, here. It'd be making all these wasted movements and it would make retrieving your data slow. Right. So you would do a defrag, which is defragmentation because yep. you were fragmented and it would run through this whole sequence and some programs were quick with it. Others were slow. Oh my God. And it would go Three through. Three hours later. <laughs> but the improvement of performance was amazing. Because yes. you got like a brand new computer again. Yes. I remember and the first time it was my, it was my girlfriend, Roseanne, who introduced the whole mm -hmm. defragging a computer. Concept, and I yeah. remember doing it at home and First, my mother and father were like, whatever, yeah. what are you doing? And then they were like, what did you do? Yeah. Like, this is amazing. Yeah. And you could periodically defrag your hard drive and it mm -hmm. would be quick. Yep. So that was kind of the maintenance. It's like cleaning a room. Right. You know, yes. if you clean it every day, it stays clean. Right. If you clean it once a month, it's a shithole. And, it takes, and it's going to take you a while to clean it. It takes a whole day to clean yeah. it. And that was the same thing with defragging a hard drive. And that's what he was saying is like your dreams. Yep. Your dream, you're defragging your mind. And right. you're kind of clearing things up. You're dealing with things you normally couldn't deal with consciously. And yeah, it, you're de-stressing. Yeah, and it frees things up. And that's where dreams can kind of get weird on you. Because mm -hmm. it's doing this kind of uh, diagnostic process. Right, yeah. And slipping in and having this or that. And that's where dreams of, if you have a dream of a alien abduction, you've got someone like Travis Wal Walton. That's just like, it's not really the same, you know, like he, he yeah. had a, the whole genuine experience where he saw it. Yes. It approached, he got affected. He was in, then he was out, Yes, you know, and then, you know, he's done the hypnosis and, and he definitely says it's helped a lot. You know, it's helped with a lot of things that okay. he had an issue with, but he just does give the credit of the misleading leading questions and things mm -hmm. like that. Yeah. There's a way where it can be bad. And he bold enough to say that probably all the people that think they've had an experience of some kind and they were in a form of hypnosis, he thinks about 80% of those, the yes. majority yes. of them are, are not real. Yes. And I would, I would believe that. Yes. I would definitely believe yep. that. But it's amazing because, like I said, the murder case example is, like, really relevant with it. Where if this was a murder case, it'd be open shut. Yeah. No one have any issues with it. No. Where this, it's just, it goes on and on, and, and it's amazing. And he has these stories. This is the last story I'm going to kind of wrap up. But uh, he was talking about skeptics, and he has a kind of claim on where skeptics come from. Right, yes. This was an interesting development that I never really thought about. And he was saying, basically, skeptics are people that get paid by another source because they're actually after classified intelligence of the government. And there's these, there are these moles that work through. And he has evidence of it mm -hmm. uh, where someone tried to come in and they were either from another agency of the government wanting to know about another agency of the government. Right. Or is this uh, something, you know, from another group mm -hmm. that just is after classified intelligence? Like they don't really care about the event. 
Right. They're, they're just, just trying to get and what they can get out of it. Yeah, they're, they're the trying to get in with that'll that. That'll help them. And, yeah. And if people want to shrug this off, it's like, nah, that's a far reach. I got a great example of how it's not a far reach. Okay. I'm working for a grocery store, regional grocery store. Yep. I don't want to name the companies because I don't, you know, anybody that knows me could put it together. Just a but, grocery store. But a regional grocery store. I'm security analyst there. Yep. And uh, I'm sitting there talking to two of my coworkers on the team. And we're just talking shop about stuff. And uh, I said, uh, and something happened with um, the ad circular. Okay. And and I talked to my boss. I go, yeah, there's something with it. He goes, oh, he goes, that's a secret, secret, secret thing. I go, really? He goes, oh, they're really secret. He goes, you can't, like, that's tight lips. There's only a certain group of people that know about it. That know about the circular. And, and they release it out. Yeah. This is a circular you get in the mail. Yeah. Or that you pick the up in the that store. that are on sale. That are yeah. on sale. So I go, what's the big deal? And they go, well, contrary to what you might think, there's an underground market for that because the other stores want to know what the other deals are. Right. And they'll pay money right. to get the other to deals. To find out what this what what that yeah. other company is These putting on sale. These are regional grocery stores yeah. doing this. This is just a grocery store yeah. trying to buy the next week's flyer yeah. with with the sale items. And I and I turn and I go, how much were they paying? He goes, People were caught getting paid two hundred dollars or more for oh each like each thing. Which I think, like, what a grifting scam that is, because it's every week. Every week's a different flyer. Yep. 200 bucks yeah. or $500. And and basically, you're looking at anywhere from 800 to two grand yeah. a month for just selling these flyers to a competing company. So that you can have yeah. a chicken on sale, too. For so the, that you for both the same have, competitive price, exactly. Or you're beating your 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 competition. You're undercutting by, the competition like a, by a dime, you yeah. know. Which for the uh, the fixed income person is everything, you know. Well, I but, mean, for no, the, I know, it but would be. but what I'm getting at is is if people think that's far fetched, yeah, no, that local grocery stores are doing worse, yeah. <laughs> or or as the same, you right? Know? Yeah, and that's <laughs> so. My source had one of. Uh, mm-hmm. Travis's critics, and he was probably the most vocal. Mm-hmm. And his name was Philip J. Class, and he was the sen- the then senior editor of Aviation Week. Mm-hmm. Class investigated the case more thoroughly than any other debunker, credibly discrediting the alleged abduction at length in his 1983 book. UFOs, the public deceived. Among classes more interesting revelations. I'd like to read it. Was the fact that some members of Walton's family were reportedly obsessed with UFOs and mm-hmm. had frequently talked of being abducted prior to Travis's experience. And in fact, Travis would later admit to watching a made-for-TV movie about another UFO kidnapping less than three weeks before he himself disappeared. So clearly, and then he goes on, furthermore, many observers were puzzled that no one in Walton's family seemed particularly upset that he'd vanished. 
Even when Walton's older brother, Dwayne, assured everyone his younger, simpli- his younger sibling was simply lost in space. As bizarre as the case was, Philip Class even provided a possible motive. According to the investigator, Walton's 27-year-old boss was seriously behind schedule on his logging contract and may have hoped to use the UFO hoopla as a loophole to get out of his obligation. Reached for comment, the former logging boss, Mike Rogers, dismisses Class's theory as fucking quote-unquote bullshit. (laughs) If the incident was not a hoax, then the UFO had behaved as if it were following a script prepared by Mike Rogers and Travis Walton, concluded Class. Quote, there seemed to be too long a string of remarkable coincidences for the UFO abduction to be true. Now, mind you, this guy provided nothing. Yeah, that's usually as his evidence for debunking. I'd like to read the book. Okay. Yeah. And I'll actually, I'll get get that pretty quick and buzz through it so we can do like a review. Yeah. Like just a recap. Yeah. Not a whole episode. But but. it's like, okay, dude. Yeah. Sure. Because I'm pretty informed on this one. Right. You know, so I could read the book and be like, dude, you didn't think about this. Dude, you didn't think about that. Well, or I'd look and like be like, he's not you know. addressing anything. Like his big thing is his family wasn't concerned that he was gone. Yeah. And that's. And how does he know? That's not necessarily true. Exactly. From what they talk about. But they reported him missing. The police were looking into it. Yeah. You know, so I don't know. You know, this is where like Travis talks about it a lot. It's like these guys will come up and then they just get hit with. Just total backed provided evidence. Yeah. And like even like where he sits there and says, well, they made it up. It's like, what about the other people that cited it? Correct. Yeah. They have written statements. Yes. Like they have all this stuff. Yeah. And well, his whole thing is it was they all got together. Yeah. So apparently not just the logging boss. Yeah. But the other six loggers this all is, got together yeah. and came up with this. This is where I love conspiracy theory land because I think, especially now in today's age, like the conspiracy theory is not getting enough credit. Like if someone uses some logical conclusion and comes up and says, I foresee this happening and they're Mm -hmm. like, and you got the group that says, Oh, I think you're crazy. Right. But then there's people that are just like, yeah, no dude, if you just like added one plus one and then like, you know, put that to the fourth power, you get this. It's not, advanced math right you know and and i'm not going to bring up certain instances but but right yeah everybody who's been around the last few years knows what the fuck i'm talking about right there's some the people that are being called conspiracy theorists what was the the last meme i she shared there uh they, where they're, a, they're a conspiracy theory only needs six months to be true yes you know exactly yes. so like those i don't like to call conspiracy theories i just like to call them weightable theories you know i mean it's just because you're looking at something you've seen a trend you're Mm -hmm. applying that trend and it gives you this completed thing this is like true conspiracy theory because he's like the words that are coming out of your mouth i'm like i don't want to put words in his mouth but like reading the book i'd like to read it and and give more judgment take the words right out of his mouth well yeah no i mean and be just more informed but i don't want to make any kind of accurate accusatory statements towards things like that. But like saying the whole town is in on it, like that doesn't work. 
It no. doesn't work at all. There's always Three a squeaky. Three can keep a secret as long as two are dead. Yeah. I mean, it's just like to keep. And I'm se- sorry, but that would be a big secret. Yeah. And that's like, I'm all about a juicy conspiracy. Yeah. Fucking love one. Everyone does. Yeah. But the moment you start telling me, well, it's like these 30 people, blah, blah, blah. It's like, dude, yeah. no one can no. keep a secret. It no. just, it, it can't last no and that's where like i made this big solemn promise of looking into human trafficking and things like that yes and the stuff i'm digging up is fucking insane (laughs) it's absolutely insane and the and the crazy part is is it's right out there yeah there's so much stuff i found in one week Mm -hmm. one week and i haven't even leaned into it now i've got like my little separate os it's all anonymous now i'm cracking my knuckles and being like yeah we're Let's diving. Do this. Yeah, we're diving. I got my like massive backhoe. I got, you know, I'm digging up dirt. And but the amazing part of all these with no big spoiler alert, which if you follow them, you know this already, is everybody knows it. Yeah. They're in on it. Yeah. And they and they'll tell you, "Yeah, no, that's what happened. I was there. I saw it." And that's what everybody's saying here. I was in on it. Yeah. I saw it. <laughs> that's the conspiracy the conspiracy is what happened and that's what's amazing to me the cool part of this and this is what i wanted to to wrap up in finale is there is talks of another movie okay that he's talking with some folks um, to do a new one to do a new one and i really hope it pans through because i think he's gonna want to be a little more in the creative input of it of just the facts, you know, okay. and keeping facts through. Yep. And I really hope it gets done because honestly, there needs to be an alien abduction movie that's close to the facts. And what's stupid about it is, is the stories are amazing enough. Yeah. Why do you have to juice it up, quote unquote? Exactly. Yeah. And and it's for dumb things like Fire in the Sky. I remember watching Fire in the Sky. Yeah, it had DB Sweeney. It, uh, oh, James yeah. Garner was in it. it was like a, I remember watching great it. Great movie, yeah. and they were into it. And then and then I started hearing about the differences, and the, and they're just stupid differences. Right. Yes. You know, like oh, he dropped him off, and Mike went back by himself. It's like why. Yeah. Why would you do that? It actually adds to the story more to have all it of them in the truck. Adds credibility. And all of them walk in. Yeah. It adds credibility mm-hmm. to the story. And, shocker, it's what happened. And that's the part that makes me angry about it. It's yeah. like, that's what happened. And you're just going to avoid that. And that's where I know early on in the podcast, we beat up Hollywood pretty hard on things. And it's easy to do. Yeah. Because of that. It's like, just tell the freaking story. Yeah. I don't care what your vision is. Yes. I don't care about about your vision. If you're going to make a movie about an event that happened. The real events. That would be like changing the outcome of a a major world war. Yeah. Where everybody knows what all the details are. It's based on a true story, but the ending's wrong. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) We had everything right except Hitler lived. Yeah. You know? (laughs) It's like, okay. It's like, why go this far and add that, you know? That's your I mean, vision? <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah, it's just, I don't, I don't get the- Here's an idea. I don't get the if industry. If you want to do, if you want to create your vision, mm-hmm. and it's got to be 
your body of work. It's got to be your your baby. Yeah. If you want to birth your baby, mm-hmm. well, then make your own story. Yeah. Don't make your baby out of somebody else's story. Yeah. Because that's not your story to tell. That's their story to tell. Yeah, I, I really hate the, the like the reboots and the remakes yes. of things. You know, I mean, the reboots I don't mind to a certain degree because you're taking the story and you're kind of spinning it off in a different direction. So like I a hate re- the remake. Yeah, the remakes drive me insane. I was talking to a coworker about that. Yeah. It's like, I just, I'm to the point now where I don't even, like, once I hear it's a remake or something, I'm just like, no, I don't want to do it. I don't want to watch it. Directors and writers in Hollywood. I'm going to clue you in on yeah. a major resource I'm for sh- where you can get stories. I'm it's, sure they care what you It's have called to a say. library. <laughs> and there's tons of stories that are epic tales. No, but babe, this is the problem. Production companies, they're businesses. They're free market businesses. And they don't like to take risks. So they know that they can crank out a remake and millions of idiots will right. go out there and swallow it up. Right. And literally, that's what they'll say in the boardroom. Millions of idiots well, will, you know. We need 20 mil, so we'll just redo this. It's an easy 20 mil. Yeah. You know, or easy this. Now, some of them fall flat on their face, you know, but they'll at least get some money out of it versus like a truly independent idea. Mm-hmm. And you know where I'll tell you the best example of that? It's when you start a band and you play in a bar. Mm-hmm. No one wants to listen to your music. No. They want to hear the covers. They want to hear covers. They want to hear other people's music. That's all they want to hear. I always tell Free people. Bird. I always tell people that are getting in bands and they want to play in bars. You got to make the decision right away. Yeah. You can't do originals and covers. It doesn't work. Right. So if you're going to be an originals band, be an originals band. But just know that you're going to trudge up a hill. That's way harder than electric gas. Who's playing every Thursday right, yeah. and playing covers. Mm-hmm. Cause they're just, they're going to have easy nights. Right. Yeah. And they're going to go out there. They're going to, and they're a jukebox. I always yeah. used to laugh. Cause like guitars would be, you know, Oh, I messed up that solo. I'm like, they don't fucking care. No. You got no. one half of the room that's trying to get laid. You got the other half that's trying to fend off the people wanting to get laid. Yep. And then you got some other people there that are sprinkled to have fun, and they're all talking. Yeah. You know, but you always get that one music. Well, you know, I know that one guy by the jukebox. There's one person that's listening. It's like, so now you're playing for one person on a song you didn't write. You exactly. didn't do anything about. You got you no know. skin in this game. Yeah, this is where bands just get honestly insane. But, yeah, for I, I always tell people that are getting into bands, like you have to make that decision right away on whether you're going to do originals or not. Mm-hmm. But the fact is, is I mean, like you want to know why remakes of movies, why they do that? It's the same thing. Easy money. Well, and people want to see the same fucking movie over and over again. That's most people. I hate yeah. to say it. It's what sells. And those production companies are going to do what sells. Yep. And then once in a while you see that nice... Uh, just independent idea or this, you know, idea out of nowhere, mm-hmm. you know, the, and, and, and it's great. It's beautiful. Right. But I'm going to say it for what it is. They're tapped on it. They yeah. can't come up with anything on mm-hmm. their own or maybe they can, I don't know, but I laugh when you have all these big time producers and directors, yeah. they've got the money. Yeah. They've got the capital. They've yeah. got the know-how. They got the connections. Why are you doing remakes? Yeah. Because they want to make the money. 
Yeah. That's all it is. It's not about, that's where I hate hearing the art thing. You know, it's just, nah. yeah. What? No, nah, no. Nah. No, but. you're just looking for a, a snatch and grab. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think this right here, the reason I just absolutely love this story with him is the fact that they've just never changed their story. What I love is it's got everything. It really does. It's got the witnesses. Mm-hmm. It's got the big story with the abduction. It's got this underlying story of nobody believes these six eyewitnesses. Yeah. They think that the UFO story is a cover-up for Travis's murder. Mm-hmm. You got all that bullshit that was happening throughout the day with the dudes that don't like Travis and the near miss with the falling tree. And then the dude reappears. Mm-hmm. Like five days later or a week later, whatever. And same clothes. Yeah. You know, no no worse for the wear aside from dehydration. It like it literally has it all. Yeah. It's a great story. It's that's you what, couldn't make that story up. That that's why I love this one and Pascagoula the most. Okay. Cause they're literally they haven't changed their story. No. They haven't changed their narrative. Yep. Uh, they're not even really looking for huge fame. Like no. the Pascagoula guy's looking for none. Yeah. The book he wrote was just like, you know what? When I die, I'm, I'm I want to have this. I'm telling my story. Yeah, telling my story mm-hmm. or getting it wrong. And mm-hmm. and plus his partner that got abducted too, his buddy, yeah. passed away. Yep. And he was the lead of all that stuff. And he's yeah. like, well, I'll take this on to a little bit. But also he wanted to have his story out before he passed away. Right. His yes. health was going. These guys, they, I mean, people sit there and they, oh, you know, Travis in it for the money and all that. He's got a book. Yeah. And he's got a movie that probably doesn't have any of the rights Oh, I'm to sure it he all. got you nothing. Know, I mean, he might have some small royalty, but I bet they cut him one check I at the, the time of making it. I bet the most money he made was the National Enquirer. I don't know. Buying the rights to his story. Well, who's to say that they gave him money? Cause they were paying for all those tests right. and all that stuff. Yeah. So yeah, I, it, it just, uh, yeah, those are my two top stories. I, there's a couple others that are mm-hmm. in the lurks cause well, we got to keep the show going, you know, <laughs> but, but we'll, you know, we definitely spread, uh, it was a while before we did, uh, the last alien one. So we, yeah, we sprinkled this one in yeah. here. No better than to have Travis Walton. It's a good one. And it's tra- a juicy nugget. Yeah. Travis, if you're by chance listening to this, hang in there, bud. <laughs> we believe you, buddy. We're pulling for you. You we got be- a great story. We believe you. So now, with that being said, what's coming up in July? What does the month of July have in store for the us? The month of July has a theme. Theme, yeah. Now, my question to you is, mm-hmm. do we want to wait and ask them if they've figured out what the theme is by the end of the month, or should no. we just tell them right out the gate? No, tell them right out the gate. I don't like music. Whole... Music. Music. This uh, this in honor of Frank's birthday month. Yes. We decided to do a music to month. To do a music month. Yeah. And we picked music-related stories that yeah. he wanted. To tell. Yeah, yeah. And they're pretty good, guys. I'm happy about it. What's the, What do we got coming up next week? First one is the 27 Club. The 27 Club. Now, some of you may not be familiar, but 
Those of you who have Prideful Angel cast out of heaven Rolling Stone magazine or have ever heard Rolling Stone magazine mentioned, the 27 Club should be somewhat familiar to you, and we'll get into that next week. Yeah. Do we want to give a bit of a hint, or do we want to just wait with the 27 Club? We'll Well, We'll give them a hint. Okay. Well, we'll we'll tell them what the twenty seven club is. The twenty seven club are musicians who die at twenty seven. At age twenty seven. Yep. And uh, and guys, <laughs> it's a big club. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it really is. And there are some amazing members to said club, but wow, it's yeah. a uh, it's a let's, full club. Let's put it this way: we'll be lucky if we get through a. We're gonna we're we'll, we're gonna have to cherry pick the list. I've Let's got a decent list. Yeah. And each entry on said list only has like a couple sentences associated with them. Mm-hmm. So I Yeah. The no, way I'm I doing have the, it, I'm doing the same thing too. I've but, got quite a few. But there's there's a lot of them. Yeah. It's un it's uncomfortable how many. Yeah. But I do have a theory. Okay. Yeah. I've had a long running theory on the twenty seven club. Okay. Well, and, we'll get uh, to that. Save it. Yeah. No, definitely. Put it in your in your pocket. Uh, call to action. We've seen uh, more and more people kind of sprinkle in all over, and we're happy to see you. Hey, sprinkles, how yeah. you doing? We hope you enjoy Guys, the show. Guys, it's fun here. Uh, we uh, ask, as always, with the new folks, uh, if you can pass our name around because we are a word of mouth podcast. We are, and that's because we beat up Hollywood and. <laughs> All that yeah. stuff. We're never going to get any favors from them. So, no, well, I mean, we beat yeah. up science too. We're yeah. we're, we're not going to get any favors from them either. So. No, we're not. Yeah. So we get favors from our own audience. They spread us around. Exactly. You're, you're a great bunch. We love you to death and uh, keep spread up. Spread us the, like a plague. <laughs> <laughs> keep up the good work of spreading us around. Other than that, I don't have much to add. Other than uh, we're getting into uh, July. We are coming up on my birthday. On your birthday? On my birthday. Do you have any calls to action for your birthday? I don't like, know. is there a, a particular charity or a, a no, call to I, action? I was thinking about that. And, um, you got a week. Yeah, basically. You can bring it up. The next episode's going to drop on the 4th. Okay. So I was going to just smash that all together. Okay. And, uh, but uh, yeah, I got a. Smash and grab. I got a few ideas with it. But, okay. Um, yeah, so the 27 Club next week. Rule number one. No Ouija boards. Number two. No dolls. Number three. No capes. Number four. No blood rituals. Five. No cults, satanic or otherwise. Mm, six. No apathy. You need to act to help enact a positive change in this world. It is possible. And I you don't, promise you. You don't have to be mean doing it. Be nice. I'm going all Roadhouse. You're going all Dalton? Yeah, I'm going Dalton. Be nice. Be nice. If you see somebody having a hard time. Be nice until it's not time to be nice. Yeah. Dalton will tell you when it's time Dalton to be nice. Dalton will tell you when it's not to be nice. <laughs> He'll come as an apparition from he the will. sky. Oh, my God. That would be great. Yeah. Oh, amazing. Yeah. Not on a pottery wheel either. No. Next rule. Don't let the black-eyed children in. Don't do it. Don't give them what they want. Don't give them nothing. Yeah. Say, screw you. Yeah. Dead-faced little monsters. Monsters. (laughs) Next. 
Just listen. Just listen, folks. Just listen. Just listen and be nice. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> life's too short to be wicked. It really is. Sometimes it's really it feels good. It really does. But, oh well. Have a wonderful day. Have a lovely week. And make good choices. Take care, folks. <laughs>